you go kind of open your Bible halfway, you'll probably fall onto the Psalms, go to the right two books, to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Tonight, we're beginning a new series called Wisdom for Life Under the Sun. We're going to be looking at several books of wisdom literature from the Old Testament. And my, my burden, really as I thought about this year and this semester, my burden is that there is so much foolishness going on around us. There is a lot of confusion. There's a lot of depression. Uh, there, there's a lot of people trying to find endless search. Romans 1 talks about how people refuse to acknowledge God as their creator or honor God or give thanks to God. And it says what happens to them, Paul uses this phrase, which I think summarizes so well what we see in the world around us. He said, claim fools. I see that all the time. Claiming to be wise. They're the experts. They know Oh, you, you believe the Bible, that's so old-fashioned, that's so naive. You believe in a creator that's so, you know, old, and what we have now is so much better. They claim to be wise, and what we're seeing is that they believe foolish things. And you guys run into this all the time, people who claim to be wise who are fools. And I want you my desire is that you would be truly wise, and God's Word makes us wise. And I love this section of the Bible because it has practical wisdom. Most of it was written you're growing up. It's written to make you wise. And my goal for Relay is kind of threefold. My goal, number one, is that you would treasure Christ above everything else. So I love singing about the gospel and preaching the gospel, and we're going to do series on the gospel. That's number one. Number two is my goal is that you would have a great relationship with your parents. A blessing to you to have your parents involved in your life. And then number three is I want you to be wise as you interact with the world. I want you to be discerning. I want you to see what's being taught and things you read and things that are in music and literature and to discern when someone who's claiming to be wise is actually the Old Testament can really help to make you wise. And so the series we're going to do this semester, it's a little bit different um, than what we've done in the past. So we're not going to just go straight through. We're just not going to, we're not going to go through each book of wisdom literature one at a time, but we're going to kind of weave them together. And the way I view Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, and Job is like a rope. These books separate from the other, they would be somewhat strong. You would benefit from them and you would grow. But when you take all three of these wisdom literature books and you bind them together and you weave them together, it makes them 10 times stronger. You need each one of these books together. Proverbs is one strand. Proverbs is very practical wisdom, a life well managed. So it's work hard, don't be lazy. If you want to succeed, good friends, be a faithful friend. Easy. You want a faithful friend. You want to be pure, stay away from the seductive woman or person. You want to have a good marriage one day, marry a godly person. Proverbs has this very live a life well managed. And if you only read Proverbs, you might think, well, if I do all these things just right, just as Bob says to do them, then I'm going to be successful and I'm going to win the prize. Well, there's more wisdom literature than just Proverbs. Job comes in 
And Job said, we live in a fallen world. We have work out the way you think. Satan, who is our opponent, there is sickness, and enemy, trials, and suffering. How do we trust God and death when things in the world go sideways? Even if we're doing everything Proverbs says, God sometimes will take away those gifts to see if we're worshiping him for the gifts or because he is. And Ecclesiastes kind of takes a step back from Proverbs. And it says, okay, here's all these things that the Bible is telling me these are the wise things to do. I'm supposed to work hard and I'm supposed to be diligent. I'm supposed to go to the anto sluggard and I'm supposed to be wise with my money and be generous and be giving and I don't want to trust in riches and all these. Why are we doing all? And Ecclesiastes says, wait, it's the point behind it all. What's the goal of managing our lives well? What do we gain by being wise? And Ecclesiastes looks at the world, honestly. He looks around him and he says, okay, there's a people who don't know God and they're doing these things. All this wisdom, what's the point of following God? And I want to start with Ecclesiastes tonight because I want to ask that question, what's the point? Why be wise? Why study wisdom literature? What's the point of it all? And Ecclesiastes is more of a philosophical book that gets to the why. Why do school? Why do we have to sleep? And we have to get a job. Why all we have to over again? Why? And get up the next day. And what's the purpose behind it? That's what Ecclesiastes and, and, and answer for us. So look at Ecclesiastes chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. We're going to read down through verse 14. This is what God's word says to us tonight. The words of the in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What, what does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation comes and a generation sun goes down and haste remains forever. The sun rises and blows to the south and goes around to the place where it rises. And around goes the wind and on out to the north, around the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, where there they flow again. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot be filled with hearing. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, See, this is new. It has been already in the ages before be any. There is no remembrance of former things, nor be among those who come. Remembrance of later. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel and Jerusalem after. And I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done in a and a striving after wind. Hope that encourages you. Amen. Like, wow. You know, like, somebody help this guy. Give him a hug or something. Like, this is a depressed individual. He's actually not at all. I think in the words of the Lion King, the circle of life. 
I mean, that's what he's saying. I read this and I thought about that. I thought, yes, that's exactly what he's saying. It's like one generation comes and it dies and a new one comes along and takes over. Everything burns and then it grows back and the circle of life, the cycle happens again and we do every day and the sun goes down. Streams flow endlessly into the sea, but the sea never gets any more full that the waters don't rise at all people are born people die the next generation comes Mufasa is gone Simba's the new king you know it's just it's the repetition of life and he addresses and we all feel that it's like every day we feel just we're doing the same thing and why am I doing this and why do I have to go to school and why do I have to do homework and didn't I take English last year why do I have to take English this year and I have to review what I did last year it's just the repetition of life. And he almost sounds like a crazy man because what he's doing is looking at life from someone who doesn't believe in God and he's being honest with them. It's like he's pulling up a chair next to somebody and he sits down next to them and he says, I get it. This is what life is like. It's repetitive. It's the same thing. You eat and you sleep and you do this every day and you get old generations going to come along and the sun is going to keep rising and the streams are going to keep flowing and they're going to eat and they're going to sleep and they're going to die and this goes on and on and on it never changes so what's the point and the point of ecclesiastes 1 really the point of ecclesiastes is that life apart if you do not know God, if God is not in your life, if God is not the purpose of your life, if you don't understand who God is and what God is doing, then life is vanity. It's a word Solomon uses 38 times in Ecclesiastes. 38 times he uses that word, and it helps like a play on words. The word for vanity is the word for breath. It's the word for breath, but not not just any kind of breath. It's not the kind of breath that we inhale to get life. But the word vanity is the word for exhale. It's like, it's like a mist. You know, like on a cold morning when you can see your breath and this mist life. It's this brief exhale. It's just this brief moment we have on earth. And it's like this mist that comes and goes. That's what life is like. Life is a vapor. It's gone in a moment. And if you waste your life on the wrong things, if you, if you try to, your life is wasted. It's like that breath. It disappears. There's no remembrance of it. You know, he's just saying we do the same things over and over. And apart from knowing God, there's no purpose to our lives. Who is a man condemned to repeat the same meaningless task over and over. So you've probably heard of Sisyphus who his whole job is he has to take this boulder and push it up a mountain, which I think you can tell by the sculpture. The one benefit of that is it makes you really ripped and jacked. To, to, but he pushes the boulder up the mountain and it one rolls back down. And he pushes the boulder up the mountain and it rolls back down. And he is confined to a life of doing that over and over and over. And Solomon says that's what life is like apart from knowing God. If you don't know God and that's what you're supposed to do, but you don't know why you're doing it, you're just doing the same thing over and over and over. Life apart from God is meaningless. John Calvin 
famously said that we discover wisdom, what we're talking about this semester, wisdom. We discover wisdom by means of a double knowledge of God and knowledge of ourselves. And John Calvin said, you cannot separate those two things. You can't understand anything about yourself unless you have knowledge of God. You can't learn who you are or why you're here or what your purpose is or what you're supposed to do apart from fools because they don't know God. And so they think this is new. Something's new here. We're creating something new. No, this has already been. And apart from understanding who God is, you will never understand who you are and what your life is about. And that's what Solomon's trying to say. He's trying to pull up a chair and say, I get it. I feel it. I feel the repetition. I feel that you do. And he's going to lead us to this point where he teaches us by Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and what Proverbs is going to teach us and Job is going to teach us that apart from God, it is meaningless. But as soon as you prioritize the fear of God, knowing God, all of a sudden, life makes sense. Our work and why we're diligent and why we do these things and, and, and all the Proverbs make sense to us when we begin to fear God and live our lives for God as the center of what we do. Fearing God, he's going to tell us, is the purpose of life and it affects everything you do. Proverbs, we're going to talk about this next month, but Proverbs 1.7 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you want to be wise, the first thing, the first step you have to take, things, it's just a practical thing for you guys. As you're listening to teachers and media and celebrities and people in the world, as they're trying to say, here's, here's, what, here's what wisdom is, here's what I think, here's what I believe. First question I ask is, do they fear the Lord? If they don't fear the Lord, then they're still crawling. They haven't even stood up and taking the first round. And when they take that, that first step of, I mean, within like weeks, they're running and they're running into everything. The first step of the Christian life, the first step to becoming wise is fearing God and learning about the fear of the Lord. Which means the first step, first thing we need to learn to be wise is not you. You are not the main character of your life. You're not the main character of the story. It's just that's our temptation. We think it's all about us. We come, even tonight you may come and you may think, you may be worried what people think about you and thinking people eyes is to fear God. Everything about us and, the, and to realize I'm not the main character of the story. But that's what Solomon's gonna teach us. It, 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 we think it's all about us. It's not about you. It's all about God. The folly we see in this world is when people miss the first step and they fail to honor God or worship God. We read to our kids when they were little. Uh, we don't really read it anymore because it's a little kid's book, but I'd like to keep reading it. It's Full Moon Rising. How many of you guys have read Full Moon Rising, this book? Several of you, good. Well, if you haven't, I'm going to read parts of it to you tonight. So do you guys want me to read you a kid's book? Like you're going to revert back to your childhood, like starts up. Okay, I'm going to read you a kid's book tonight. And we have some pictures that go along with it, I think. Look at this little guy. So cute. He says, dear God, and this, point has, this book has a great point. That's what I love about it. Dear God, I heard a cosmic story and wondered if it's true. The moon was stealing glory and this is what great might 
could make the darkness flee. And like a kite, he scaled the heights and said, Hey, look at me! The pompous moon would only croon the songs that praised his name. He hoped that soon the cosmic tunes would be pages here, but I, I, we've got to speed through some of this. He bragged that he could cause the sea to rise and swell each day. Then all could see how mightily he'd pull the waves away. He'd boast away and love to say, I am the great. A piercing ray showed him a shocking sight. He saw his pride and then he cried for all that he had done. For he had lied when he denied his light came from the sun. So now each night a new delight is what he loved. The sun is now his boast. So God, I pray for grace each day to find the joy that's true in all my days, in all my ways, in making much of you. Isn't that a great book? I think adults need to read this book every day, you know? Because I love it, because Charles Spurgeon, I actually was reading through Charles Spurgeon one time. Charles Spurgeon said, what if the moon was claiming the light for itself, that it had all the light and it had all the power when it was just a reflection of a greater light. That's kind of the point of Ecclesiastes. Life's not ultimately about you. And it's sad today because that's the message you're going to hear over and over. What do you want? What do you desire? What do you think? What do you want? What do you feel? That's really the question today. What do you feel? And then whatever you feel is made an authority in your life. Listen, that is folly. That is foolishness. The first step to being wise is to feel. We're going to learn through this series, and I only have a few minutes, but I just want to hit a few things that, the, that, that Ecclesiastes teaches us about God, which helps us take that first step in wisdom, okay? If we're going to learn Proverbs, and we're going to be wise, and we're going to grow in discernment and knowledge and being a wise person, the first step is to fear God. So what do we have to know about God? And it's this very simple point, but it is, it is radical today. I mean, I mean, you are a radical if you believe God is our creator. But God is our creator. Ecclesiastes 12, in the days of your youth. Very simple, very practical. What do I do? How do I apply this? Remember your creator. Remember your creator. Remember he made you. You are his. That, this one verse alone, remember your creator in your youth, can guard you from so many lies out there right now. What you are called to do, who you are, first step is remember my creator. God made me. God designed me. God created me for his glory. Life is not about me. And, and the culture today is telling you to look in to find purpose. Look up to God and then you will find the purpose of your life. I've said this over and over in our worldview series, but man, page one of the Bible has more wisdom on it than all the so-called wisdom of this world right now. Page one. I mean, just believing page one. I mean, I don't even know of wisdom in here. And you open up to page one and we have more wisdom about who we are and what we're supposed to be from page one of the Bible 
than all the wisdom the world has to offer us right now. That's how good the Bible is, how good God is. Ecclesiastes 3.11. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. Okay, so there, there's a knowledge, there, there's, a, there's a desire, there's a grasp, something greater is out there. Yet, so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Because life's not about us. We're not going to know everything we can. That we might seek him and worship him and honor him. And the first step in fearing God and being a wise person is saying, He is the creator and I am the creature. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Second thing about God we need to know to be wise. God is, I heard, God is the one who makes the decisions. Again, that's pushing back against culture that you make the decisions. You decide what you want to be and who you are and what you want to do. No, no, God is the decider. God is in control. God is sovereign. I am not. God is the one who created the other patterns to, to cover the earth. You know, God is the one who did these things. It's not my decision. God is the decider. Ecclesiastes 3.14 I perceived that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it nor anything taken from it. Fear Him. It's coming in submission and saying, God, this is your will. You decided. You have done this that I might fear you. We're going to learn this. We'll probably get to it in the spring but we're going to learn this from Job. In the end of Job, where, where Job is questioning God and questioning God, and finally at the end of Job, God speaks. And I created the foundations of the earth. Where were you when I created the heavens and the waters and created the spans between them? He's just telling Job, I'm the decider. I'm the one in charge. I'm the one in control. When life goes sideways, it's good to know God is the decider. He's the one trials. Wisdom is going to teach us God is the one behind all this. We can trust him. We can lean on him. We, we can go to him and be comforted by him. There's wisdom in God's word from the wisdom literature on God is the decider. And just one, one brief application point. We're going to hit this later on. God being the creator and the decider is understanding and accepting the limitations God has made on us. Every person is different. Every person God has created is unique. He made them in his image. And he made a diversity of people for his glory. And he made us diverse people on the whole earth, you know. And he's made us all very different. And what we try to do is compare to one another. And we try to measure up and we don't like it if someone is better than us at something, you know. We're at school and Americans humming and smiling and they just kind of fly down, you know, wave at you goodbye out the door. Take it up there on like the second problem, like, ugh, ugh. You know, God is the decider will help you in that moment to go, hey, they're really good at math. I really stink at math, you know. That's okay. This is the way God has made me. Someday... They're going to be like you because that's so boring, you know? And uh, it just helps us to not compare. It helps us. That's a, that's a tiny analogy there, I know. There's a hundred applications of that. But that's part of wisdom literature. It's, it's part of, you know, this is, these are the boundary lines God has drawn for me. And, and, and Solomon 
embrace. Maybe it's good to go to work. It's good to have a job. It's good, you know, to, to work hard each day. And, and, and just the reward of doing a good job, whatever it is God calls you to do, and to do it for his glory. And there's, there's such joy in not thinking, man, I've got to hit this or that or compare or compare with these people just to understand this is how God has made me for God's glory. There's wisdom there that you need to hear as a teenager. God is the decider. And finally, last thing we're going to learn uh, to, to learn the fear of God is God is the judge. He's going to hit this a lot because there's this repetition in life and he's pulling up a chair next to somebody. You know, like I'm watching this person and they're stealing and they're not getting caught and they have more than I have. Why not just steal so that way I can have what they have? You know, it was crazy. I was reading some statistics recently that 40% of murders go unsolved. They never find that show. Probably one of you here tonight is a murderer. I just made that up. That's not true at all. But I saw you guys start looking to the side like, uh, I don't know, everybody looked at Tommy over there like, uh. it's crazy, 80% of theft and property crimes go unsolved, 80%. Someone's like, you know what, Solomon? 80% are pretty good odds, man. Like, I'm gonna play the odds. I'm just gonna become a thief. Why work hard? Why do these things? And Solomon says, because... God is the judge. We have someone greater than us who judges what we do. Ecclesiastes, rejoice, O young man, in your youth. Have fun, he's saying. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Man, enjoy them. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. Have all things God's going to bring you into judgment. But know of that verse. It's like, woo, woo, uh. <laughs> like, you know, he's, he's just like mocking you. Yeah, have fun. Play your video games. You know, play them all night long. But God's watching everything you do. So he's going to judge you for it. I think there's wisdom there. I think Solomon's on. to learn next time in Proverbs, the fear of God, is fear of God is not just dread. It, knowing God and understanding who God is may bring dread into your life. Um, but that's not the main purpose of it in the wisdom literature. It's to honor and worship God. And if you know Jesus Christ, then you know you, you, know you have a saved fear God and that you stand in awe of him and reverence. And you understand he is the judge. And he's holy and righteous and pure. And Proverbs gives us all this wisdom on how to be pure and fight temptation and fight lust. I mean, there's, whole, there's, a, there's chapter after chapter, Proverbs in 5 through 7, that talk why. Why does that matter? Well, because God is the judge. And God wants us to enjoy life, but not to forget about God. Not to have fun in a way that doesn't honor God doesn't mean we're depressed. We should be cheerful and joyful, but in a way that brings God the glory. God is the decider. God is your judge. And the first step to gaining wisdom and being a wise person is understanding the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of knowledge. And I'll just, just want to end just by this, this picture that the wisdom literature gives us, that life, waste your life, if you want to get to the end of your life and go, man, I have wasted my life. The way to do that is to live your life 
apart from knowing God. It's to go your own way. It's to go the way of foolishness and folly, to seek to be wise by the world, and you will be a fool. And in the end, that's either, and you're going to stand before him and give an account of your life. But if you take the first step of, okay, God, I want to acknowledge you are God. You're the creator. You're sovereign. You're the decider. You created me. You're the judge. I want to bow down before you. I want to submit my man or woman from your word. If that's the first step, you're going to fear God and you're going to be a wise person. And you're going to come to the end of your life and you're going to look back and see all these ways God has been good to you and faithful to you and used you and spread his gospel and spread his fame on this earth. And you're going to see it went down, you know, and every day was an opportunity to worship God and know God. And every night when I go to sleep, I'm admitting I'm dependent on God. I'm not like him. I have to rest, you know. I'm not, God never slumbers nor sleeps, but I'm not like him. Every day becomes all these opportunities to bring glory and honor. And that's what I want us to gain this semester and this year in Relay. We're going to look at Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. And we're going to try to look at what does it mean to be a wise man or woman? And I want to pray for you. And we've got, we've got some time for a discussion. So let me pray, and then we're going to do Father and families about Ecclesiastes. Here tonight, I thank you for your word. And I do pray, as I've been praying this week for them, that they would fear you, God, that they would live in the fear of the Lord. Practical things over this semester and they would just learn wisdom, how to be wise, how to worship you in the morning and at night and in their schoolwork and doing chores and going to work and playing sports and spending time with friends and, and through their media choices. And all these things we do, Lord, we can honor you and glorify you and enjoy them wise according to your word, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.